0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's slash upgrade.
1: Oh, you're forever asking me about the Grand National, and you know I know very little about horses. It's the sort of morning you need Pamela to be here, but who needs Pamela when you have Bobby Beavers? Bobby, good morning.
2: A very good morning to you, Frank, and uh, thank you for that really nice introduction as well. I really like that one.
1: It's not a bother. You have managed to predict uh, the last uh, two national winners, um, and any person who can do that obviously should be should be listened to. Uh, first of all, Ian Tree, it's a it's a big festival. It's a big event, and it, it's upon us.
2: It certainly is indeed, and very exciting as well, Frank. I need to emphasise it's one of the biggest uh, meetings on the racing calendar as well. Everybody's getting so excited. We had the Cheltenham Festival three weeks ago. Now we've got Aintree here today. Absolutely phenomenal. Some fantastic racing to look forward to. Plenty of Grade 1 action over the next three days as well. And then, of course, 5.15, Frank. Not just the UK uh, watching. But it's going to be the world. All eyes will be on the Grand National. And and this is what's quite remarkable about it as well. People across the world tuning into the Grand National. Now, obviously, with the time difference as well, we are going to be looking. People are going to be setting their clocks at 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., etc. So the world will be watching, you know, one of the, if if not the biggest world's uh, biggest steeplechase.
1: Is there a possibility that Tiger Roll will simply roll home because um, <laughs> they're saying it could be the shortest-priced favourite for 100 years?
2: Yeah, they are, aren't they? He's round about the 4-1. to one. He's slightly drifted, Frank, at the moment. But we need to talk about Tiger Roll because how exciting is this prospect of him winning back-to-back Grand Nationals? We've not seen this happen ...since the great red rum, he won the race back in 1973, he followed it up 12 months later in 1974, horses have tried time and time again, they've won the Grand National, they've tried for the repeat bid 12 months later and it's not gone according to plan, Hedgehunter went close, he won the race back in 05. he then went on to try and win it again in oh six. He was second behind number six Valverde. So horses have tried. Now Tiger Roll for example, how impressive was he in the cross country last time out at the Cheltenham Festival. He never got out of first gear. He travelled beautifully He won by so many margins as well, and it was just sensational uh, to watch. And this is what makes him even more special, uh, what makes him a true warrior, Frank, is the fact that he's not the biggest horse either. You know, if you look at the likes of Denver from years gone by, he was a big horse. Of course, he never ran in the Grand National, and, and Party Politics was a huge horse who won the race back in 1992, so he's not the biggest horse, but he's gutsy, He's a warrior, and I've got every every uh, faith in him that he can win it for uh, a second consecutive year. I wasn't around when Red Rum uh, achieved it back to back, but I was there 12 months ago when Tiger Roll won, and I want to be there. I will be there on Saturday, and hopefully, I, I can witness it in person. Uh, Tiger Roll winning his his second Grand National very exciting times
1: Yeah you see I I was there when Red Rum was on the crest of the wave and I remember another (laughs) horse at the time called Lascargo and a couple of years later I I was starting to work in radio and I stuck a pin in a page and I I predicted a (laughs) horse the horse was called Ben Nevis and it won the darn race uh, and I didn't have any any money on it but then I lost Oh no Yeah but I I, I lost my way with the Grand National and a, a lot of people have Bobby it? It got adverse publicity. It, you know, it was looked upon as a, as a grueling, cruel sort of race. What What do you say to people who will complain to me that I'm even having a chat about the Grand National?
3: I think what
2: we need to take into consideration now is that the race is not what it used to be. There, is, there is a lot of safety measures in place. Everybody has worked well together. That is key. They've made the offences shorter, which I think has, has helped dramatically. And a little stat for you as well, there's been no fatalities in the Grand National since 2013. And that is a really powerful stat. You know, so for me, I think that there are really good safety measures in place. Everybody has come together. And that stat as well no fatalities in the Grand National since, since 2013. A big result on Saturday is that, again, they all come back safe and sound. That would be a huge result for us.
1: Absolutely. Let's hope that's exactly the way it is because so many people love it and if no call to explain to you that they love it in this part of the world. It's even sponsored by one of our big companies, Randox, the 2019 Randox Grant National. And they're off at a quarter past five at entry on Saturday. And as you say, for whatever number of minutes the, 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 the race lasts, uh, the, the world mm. sort of stops, doesn't it?
2: it certainly does This there's, there's predicted to be and, and this is an incredible stat by the way 600 million people potentially uh, worldwide tuning in to the, the, the Grand National you compare that to other sports you know what, what can you say gets that sort of audience you know uh, in, in terms of sports you have to say the World Cup is a is definite that the World Cup finals the world is watching uh, the World Cup finals in the football but the fact that that horse race you know our great is it's getting that publicity people tuning in and the best part of 600 million people worldwide uh, obviously for us it's tuning in at 5:15 it may be 2:15 in the morning elsewhere 3:15 in the morning uh, elsewhere etc i think is absolutely sensational so it's not just us that are excited the world is excited as well, and that is fantastic.
1: And you can see it all on UTV on ITV Racing. ITV Racing has worked really well as a, as a project, hasn't it?
2: It certainly has, and I've been very lucky to do uh, a few bits, uh, a few features for them uh, for the past couple of years. So I've I've done some features at York Racecourse. I don't know if any of your listeners uh, do watch it on on, on UTV, as you say, the the ITV racing coverage, But I've been very fortunate to uh, present a fair few features uh, over the years, which has been shown on ITV. Uh, That's been at at York Racecourse and and the Yorkshire Racecourses, which has been brilliant. And, yeah, I agree, they're doing an absolutely uh, selling job. They've got a great team and uh, along may continue.
1: Bobby Beavers, great having you on, Bobby. Often heard about you, first time speaking to you. Thanks for coming on, thank you. It's a pleasure. That is uh, Bobby Beavers, who uh, knows who the winners are but maybe you know more. Feel free to give us any tips you like during the course of the entry Run, but in particular for the Grand National on Saturday. This is the U105 phone-in. Frank Mitchell here through until the middle of the day. Caroline isn't happy with our conversation about the Grand National. She says, Wow, great to hear from Mr Beavers that no horse has died in the Grand National since 2013. Uh, horses should not be put at risk at all. Full stop. I implore people... Not not to encourage this cruel sport by picking horses and doing sweepstakes at work. Uh, do, do you agree with? Uh, do, do you agree with her on this or? Do you feel that it's a voice in the wilderness? Because after all, over the last number of years, it has been a lot safer. This is now 2019. No horse has died in the Grand National since 2013. So steps have been taken. But the point that's being made, basically, is that the horses should not be running and jumping like that At all. What does she say? Uh, They should not be put at risk at all. Full stop. I implore people not to encourage this cruel sport by picking horses and doing sweepstakes at work. Do you get a sense that if you put like two pounds in the jar and pick a horse out, that you're having a bit of crack? Or are you encouraging the possibility of that horse falling, breaking his leg and being put down? at the side of the course does it does it cross your mind can you see any link between the fun in the office and the actual tragedy of the horse dying uh, do, do do you link do you do do you link it all up or or not uh, well we've, we've we've thrown it out there your opinions are uh, very uh, welcome of course while horses haven't died in the Grand National recently they have died at other tracks indeed two horses died at, at Cheltenham at the Cheltenham uh, festival um marina has a, a point that I think uh, he or she wants to make I'm not sure if Marina uh, 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 as a name Marina I presume female Good morning Marina
4: Morning Frank Thanks for taking the call
1: Not a bother Marina Not a bother Go ahead
4: Frank horse racing It's It's a sport Everyone and Most people enjoy it Is it any cruel than fishing Putting a hook In a fish's mouth
1: well you're asking you're asking the question and it is a question worth asking I know that people do fish and very often they keep the fish and eat the fish but a lot of them take the fish out weigh it take the hook out of the fish's mouth put it back in the in the water now i presume i presume the argument in defence of the fisherman as opposed to the jockey is that the fish is less alert than a horse would be and a fish is an animal with a much no. smaller brain than a horse I, I'm, 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 no. I'm, th- I'm thinking no. as I'm talking to you I don't know if I'm right but a horse is no, a horse is a masterful animal that c- can literally die while it's entertaining
4: you No Frank if a horse doesn't want to jump you or no other army will make a jump a horse will go out there and enjoy it and it'll do what it, do, it does enjoy. It's just like you and I. If you are an athletic and you love jer- running, and a person doesn't, you'll not make that person run.
1: Having said that, however, Marina, if the horse goes over the likes of Beecher's Brook and it falls and it breaks its leg, it's not going to be enjoying very much of what happens after that because the vet basically, I presume, shoots it.
4: I can understand your point, but I mean, if a horse doesn't enjoy running and it doesn't enjoy jumping, you'll not make it jump and you'll not make it run. Uh,
1: I see a texter saying they don't enjoy it because they overheat horribly. It's something they're being forced to do.
4: They're not being forced to do it. it that, that's, that's hideous. I mean, if a dog, if it doesn't, uh, you go out and have a dog and you call a dog and it doesn't want to come to you, you'll not make it come to you horses are bred to do that sport
1: so you feel that the, that's what the horse lives for the enjoyment the excitement the the being there on the course the 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 the, the, the cheer the speed the challenge the horse desires that
4: horses do enjoy it yeah there's horses that enjoy that there's horses that enjoy just plodding around the road those horses do enjoy doing that
1: and do those
4: you, horses are bred to do
1: that. Yeah, and do, do you have an involvement in it? Do you, do you ride horses? Do you bet on horses? Are you are you into it? Uh, yes,
4: I used to ride horses, but not not at the moment. Um, I'm a lorry driver actually at the moment.
1: And would you would you, would you if you if you're driving a lorry and someone said to you, would you ferry horses to a race, cap them up onto the back of the truck, and take them the whole way to entry? Would would that be a a gig you would you would accept?
4: I would love that. I, I would love. I would love. I actually, love to have the have a horse that would take me around the entry.
1: You would give it give it a rattle. You, you're you obviously love the you love the sport, and so many of my friends are exactly the same <laughs> as you. You just, they, they just live for it.
4: If you're into horses, you're going to enjoy it. If those people that don't know anything about horses, think it's a cruel sport. As people like me don't know anything about fishing. That says facings screw up by putting a hook in their faces mouth, making the blood pass out of it.
1: But how do you feel whenever the the horse falls? When, it, when the horse does die on the on the course,
4: Frank, a horse could walk around the road and spook at something and fall and break his leg. But
1: but, ha- but but how do you how do you feel when you're cheering that horse on and the horse dies? How do you feel?
4: Is sad, but I mean, that's, that's a risk you take and no matter what you could be out in a car and you'd be involved in a car accident it's a risk everybody takes no matter what sport it is, no matter what it is you're involved in it's a risk it's a risk factor factor for everything in life.
1: Okay, okay, uh, you're you're not going to relent on it. You definitely see uh, horse racing is totally acceptable. It's something the horse wants to do. The horse is enjoying it, and there's a risk element with life. Full stop. So, Caroline, uh, Marina, great name, Marina. It's the first time I've come across it. I should have been able to work out that it's most likely a, a female name as opposed to a a, a, a gent's name. But um, Marina, thank you uh, very much indeed. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Brendan's got a point. Brendan, are you for the horses going over the jumps or not?
5: Frank, I am. I, I have no interest in actual betting. I've never placed a bet in my life. But I did work many years ago in the Irish Army Equitation School. And all horses that, are, that, that they do the jumps, they're very well kept and very well, you know, they enjoy it. They're, they're not ill treated at all. And I can understand if a horse falls on that, is it, did you call it beach or Brook? If a horse falls, I can understand the frustration people feel that it might have to be put down. But the majority of horses are well-kept. Their owners treat them with respect, and they enjoy it. And I I, I don't bet. My partner, she loves to put a flutter on the horses. I've never placed one in my life. But animals like that, they're strong. They're designed. And even before humans were around, horses were jumping and doing things like that themselves. So I don't see an issue. And As regards to the lady about the hooks, the, the fishing as well, I used to fish. I do quite a bit of fishing, actually. And a lot of fishermen use what's called a garbless hook, so it doesn't actually hurt the fish and it can come out very easily.
1: Okay, well, that's reassuring because uh, fishing is something I did when I was a child. They the, have to say the hook was sharp and the worm was on it. Then I began to feel sorry for the owl worm going on the on the hook and I, I became very soft, you know, and I, I don't fish now. Okay, I do occasionally eat fish, I have to uh, admit that, but I wouldn't get any enjoyment out of actually going to fish, even though as a child, I thoroughly, thoroughly loved it. And the same with the horses. I would have been a person who would have been fully supportive of horse racing as a teenager. But lost my way with it. I've really good friends who are actually involved in horse racing and who, who literally own horses and who, who jump them. And they they remain very good friends. But I I just have a I question the thing in a way that I wouldn't have questioned it before. And I even got to the point where I wasn't even eating fish. But it was a doctor somewhere along the line saying because of some I don't know C number or B number or something that could be lacking in your blood, you need to get a bit of fish into you. So if you're to take fish oil tablets or something well then you might occasionally eat fish as well but I do have an old sympathy for the fish as it's caught too. Uh, Gerald's on this line. Jared, uh, good morning. Good
6: morning Frank how are you doing?
1: I'm, I'm very well. Are you a, are you a jockey type or are you an objector?
6: Well I, I, I do ride horses a little bit and I work with horses uh, when I get the chance So uh, I think there's a massive distinction, Frank, between what you might call the hobbyist, so somebody goes out for a hack or or does a bit of dressage or something like that, and the industrial treatment of horses uh, in in the racing industry, as it's called. Um, You know, there are are rules in the jockey club for for controlling the use of a whip and how Marini can say that those horses are not been forced to do what they want to do um it is is beyond me i just don't understand that um you know it's patently obvious that the horses are effectively being flogged to to move and do something that the jockey wants them to do, so how that's not coercion uh, i you know, I just don't understand how that's not how they 're being forced to do something when that's what they're being put through. Now, I do But are they not, also, Gerald, are
1: they, are they not being encouraged to do something to the best of their ability that they're naturally honed to do?
6: The, well, Frank, if you think about it, a horse's natural ability to run and jump is an escape mechanism. Now, certainly, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a flight reaction, it's an adrenaline reaction that horses have. Uh, and the thing that a horse does is preserve itself, the horse's, Entire objective is to survive, so it eats and it runs. Are the two basic things that that contribute to its survival. So you know to to be uh, um, engaged in a defence mechanism, to be obliged to to be con, to coerced into uh, a defensive routine. Uh, I, I can't, I, I just don't understand that as a sport, but I do understand the joy that comes from uh, an individual. Building a relationship with uh, a horse, and it is a relationship, and and it's very you know. So, a lot of people will tell you, a lot of horse owners uh, will tell you that they they do have a a, 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 frankly a loving relationship with their horses, Uh, and they have a sense of communication with them. And we all know about the horse whisperer and all that stuff. Um, So, uh, there's a big distinction for me between that. Uh, and developing that relationship and committing yourself to that care. Because there's a lot of work at keeping a single horse. You know I mean? And there's a lot of expense as well. Of,
1: course, of uh, course. Without
6: being lavish or anything else. So, I mean, that that's a different type of mechanism, I think, to what I would refer to as the industrial treatment of horses, where the sole objective behind all of that is making money, really, at the end of the day.
1: Okay, Gerard, uh, thank thank you. I'm going to have to leave it at at that, but uh, thank you very much. Do you agree with uh, Gerard's analysis that the objective is to make money, and that's why those horses, yes, they have been very well looked after, but they're being pushed to the very edge of their ability to make money for all and sundry whether it be the person who's breeding them the person who's riding them or indeed the individual who's betting on them Uh, we're heading towards the news now Bobby Beavers was on with us earlier, giving tips for the Grand National, talking about the Entry Festival and how popular it is. Uh, some of you raising objections to us promoting horse racing uh, so openly. I want to speak to Dean Stanstill, who's from Animal Aid. He's the horse racing consultant. Dean.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. instant glam visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25 percent off impress manicure and press on falsies
1: good morning good
3: morning frank
1: Dean, I must say it can be, and I think you'll agree with this, it can be argued that Ireland has the best horses, the best trainers, the best jockeys, the biggest number of horse racing fans per head of population. So a lot of people who are listening to this programme are hugely into entry and can't wait for it to begin.
3: Yes, of course, Frank. I agree with a lot of what you've said there. Certainly, uh, Ireland has probably got the best horses in, in Europe for uh, racing, uh, in, uh, in, for jump racing at least, uh, if not for flat racing as well. But that doesn't mean to say that we should disregard the problems that racehorses face when they race, um, whether it's in Ireland or in Britain, and particularly in jump racing. There's that, in Britain alone, we've got around 200 horses dying every year on British racecourses. Uh, we don't uh, and and a fair amount of the population don't think that's acceptable even those that people who love racing would want to see those figures come down so we can't just because it's a very popular sport we can't ignore the problems that horses face every time they step on a race course and i think the grand national is the epitome of all that's bad in racing because for years and years it's killed so many horses and uh, and yet we're still allowing this race to go ahead. It, it seems very strange to me.
1: No fatalities, according to Bobby Beavers, none since 2013.
3: Well, let me just put uh, Bobby right on that. Uh, certainly no fatalities in the race itself, but on the Grand National course, which are, because they run on the Grand National course today, they run on the Grand National course tomorrow, and they'll be running in the Grand National on the course on Saturday, but on the two days, on the Thursday and Friday, there's been... Um, Seven horses die um, since 2013 on that course. And, of course, there's two courses at Aintree, race is the mild May course, and uh, another four horses have died there. So 11 horses have died at the Grand National Meeting since uh, 2013. So Bobby says no horses have died, but in actual fact, 11 horses have lost their lives. And, and and 2013 to now might sound a, lo- a long period of time. But in terms of days racing, that's only 18 days racing in total over those six years. That's all they've raced. And so 11 horses dead in 18 days racing, not very good statistics if you're a racehorse.
1: Whenever you describe it as you are describing it, you're aware that people who are listening here in Northern Ireland, across mm. Ireland, people who are on their way to maybe work and they're looking at the paper and they're picking winners and they're chatting to their friends about what's on the sweepstake and how much money the winner will get and who'll get so much if they come mm. second and third mm. and so on. The, the the unbridled, if you excuse the term, enthusiasm for this particular race and set of races at, at Aintree is mm-hmm. such that they don't want to hear you speak at this moment, Dean. They they feel they feel, well, well, they, well, feel I mean, yeah. they feel they they'll be feeling that you're you're spoiling their fun.
3: Well, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anybody's fun, but it's just about making people aware that eleven horses have died in in the last eighteen days racing there. You know, even though it is over a few years, but more importantly, I think. I used to be a big racing fan. I went to the Grand National. I saw the great red rum run there, the great Irish horse, Les Gargo run, Rag Trade, all those big, big-named horses. I saw them, and I was enthusiastic too. But I also saw horses die in front of my eyes, and I thought, this isn't right. These horses shouldn't be used in this way. So what we're saying at Animal Aid this year is put your fiver or tenner or your five euros or ten euro, whatever it is, give it to a horse sanctuary instead, because horse sanctuaries are full of unwanted horses. Many of them ex-race horses that have given people pleasure that have ended up in a sanctuary, and they're the lucky ones. Many more have ended up getting slaughtered. But sanctuaries are full to the brim in Ireland, in Britain, all over the, all over the world, so horse sanctuaries are full. And they're turning away horses because they're so desperate for money, they can't afford to keep them. So put your tenner or your fiver, your five euros or your five pounds or whatever, Give it to a horse sanctuary instead of putting it in the sweepstake, because that would mean more to, um, I think, to people themselves. It would would get a feel-good factor of doing that, and that's better than putting any money on a sweepstake just to win a few quid.
1: Do a significant number of the former racing horses that would have been featured in the newspapers or on TV, do, do they end up in the meat trade?
3: Uh, certainly, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, horses do end up in the meat trade. I, I've been to horse sales where horses have, uh, have been bought by meat buyers and and have and have gone for slaughter. And of course, Ireland, after the Celtic years, um, uh, in in the Republic particularly. Um, there was a, there was an over there was a, a, an oversupply of horses and thousands of them. When the economy wasn't so good, went to slaughter. At one point, there was just one one slaughterhouse in the whole of the Isle of Ireland, and now I think there's there's at least four. But at, when they were killing all these horses, when the economy went down, I think eleven slaughterhouses sprung up, and a lot of those horses going in there were racehorses or breeding animals, stallions. Uh, breeding mares, brood mares, and of course racehorses—the uh, very poor quality racehorses—went went for slaughter. So, so it, it's an actual fact, you know, that the horses are, are vulnerable to that.
1: A lot of people listening will maybe just about be able to accept the sheep or the cow or the pig going to a slaughterhouse today, and you know, many sheep, cows, and pigs are being slaughtered mm. as as we speak. Mm. But they, they'll they'll find it difficult to visualise the. Putting down of a large number of horses.
3: Yes, well, well, of course, at Animal Aid, we, we, we promote a vegan diet, so we don't want to see any animals going for slaughter. So, and we feel for those sheep and those cows and those chickens and whatever animals are going for slaughter, we feel for those as well. But I, I, I'm obviously my department's horse racing, so I talk about racehorses. And um, yeah, uh, it's very sad that horses end up like that. They're used as entertainment. They're used as betting prospects. Um, but we've got to sort of maybe have a bit of a conscience and think, well, what is happening to these horses after they've finished racing? Where are they going to go? You know, so it's not only dangers on the race course, but it's also life after racing. You know, maybe maybe the betting industry, which is a very rich industry, and and the racing industry is very rich, should provide a little bit of a pension for a horse, so it's got a bit of a breathing space after it leaves racing, given a bit of time to find a, a suitable home. I've got two X-race horses myself, because the racing owners no longer wanted them, and uh, I-, I took them in, otherwise they'd be dead now dead. And they're now 18 and 19 years old. Uh, but they would have died 10 or 12 years ago had I not taken them.
1: Interesting commentary. Uh, Dean, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Dean Stanstill is... With Animal Aid, he's the horse racing consultant. Now we've heard both sides of the coin there. We've heard Dean and earlier with Bobby Beavers, who's hugely enthusiastic, understandably, about entry because the majority of you are. That's how I started the conversation with Dean. But there are dissenting voices too. Oh two eight nine oh treble 105. Is it making you hesitate about getting involved in the office sweepstake? O two eight nine oh treble three one oh five. This is the U105 phone in with Stuart making his point. Good morning, Stuart.
7: Hi, hey, Frank. Uh, like to, uh, my friend wants to ask you if you questions about uh, horse racing.
1: Yes, go ahead, Stuart. Seems to have disappeared off the line. He said, I'm going to ask you a few questions about horse racing, and then his line went down. We will try and get him back. Tina Turner and the best, Anne. Good morning, Anne.
8: Good morning, Frank.
1: Talk horses to me, Anne.
8: I will indeed, Frank. Um... I'm against all animal cruelty, animal cruelty in every form. And I would even agree with you about putting a worm on a hook. I couldn't do it. But horse racing is as cruel as any other animal cruelty. It's not sport. It's just, it's just, um, it's cruelty to the animals, for people to make money, the jockeys, the trainers, the owners. And to be honest, I hate everybody involved in horse racing.
1: You, you actually hate uh, the people?
8: Yes, I do, because they're the ones that are doing it. And I hate people who support it too. The the trainers, obviously, they're making a lot of money out of it. The jockeys are making money out of it. And the runners are making a fortune out of it. And what what do the horses get out of it? Nothing. But...
1: But 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 Anne um, Anne it's hold it's on good. have you ever have you ever paid a visit have you ever paid a visit to a set of stables have you ever met a, have you ever have you ever met a stable boy or stable girl a stable lad as they're called have you ever have you ever yeah. had a conversation with a trainer or a breeder uh, that, I, or, I, an, or an or a owner they they, they Adore their animals. They they look after yeah. them. They feed them. They water them. They get up and they're practically in the middle of the night to canter them across the countryside.
8: That, that, that is,
1: it's it's incredible devotion to the animals. You could easily paint that picture as well.
8: Yes, but I've seen the other side of I was I was part of um, just
1: before you go any further on. I don't want you to name any place or any person. But but uh, I know. yeah yeah. I know.
8: I'm not even going to name an organisation, but it was in a, I was in um, a first aid organisation, a very, very well known first aid thing, or organisation, and we were taking... I was against going to the horse station but I actually ended up going to one once. But um, when the I think it was a jockey was getting the horse out of the trailer, it sort of whatever went it moved, it, it made him cut his hand, and he was calling it all the, the names of the day like rude names, like very, very rude, as if he didn't care at all about it. And then the horses were just doing trials. But I was sat in an ambulance right in front of a jump and a horse fell. And I saw the state that poor animal was in. You know, it, it was exhausted when I got this last jump and this was going uphill. And the thing, it was exhausted land on the ground in a terrible state. And my colleague ran to help the jockey, but I ran to the horse. I just, I just had to. But the, um, when I spoke to the jockey, he was very rude to me.
1: But you had more interest in helping the horse than you had in helping the jockey, even though as an ambulance op- operator, your duty was to the human.
8: Yes, but my colleague went to him, and he was okay. But I mean, it's just when I saw the state, that I saw the horse approaching the jump, and I think it could hardly run, but he was actually he was whipping it. He was whipping it. So the horse, it looked to me like it was exhausted, but it actually tried to jump it, and it failed.
1: Did it survive?
8: I just, it did survive, but the point... The point I make, it doesn't matter whether they die or not, or whether they get killed or not. They're still suffering, and suffering is not acceptable. For oh. It's not okay. acceptable to, to make an animal suffer in any way for any reason.
1: Okay, okay, it's a very strong point. You've made it uh, very clearly. And thank you. Horses are uh, suffering, and she's watching it very closely because she's there uh, in the ambulance close to the track. And that's, uh, you know, it really is a commentary on what she is seeing from uh, what is uh, a privileged position at a a horse racing track. Brendan, I think, sees it differently. Uh, Good morning, Brendan. Good
9: morning, Frank. How are you?
1: Very, Very well, Brendan. Go ahead.
9: I've never heard such negative talk about horse racing in my life. Never had the pleasure of going to the Curra, the NAS, and the Nace, many horse racing courses. The horses have a good life. They're well looked after, they're groomed, they're washed, they're stabled. They, 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 they do provide jobs. They have a high, I would say, a, any horse on the entry has a perfect life. But I might not have that. Celebrating through instead of going on about horse cruelty. I mean, to put it in our context. An athlete, like Eugene Bolt, has to, to be the fastest man in the world. He has to put himself through hurdles that he has to get through. And pain buyers, he hurts himself. He's no, he's no different He's no different than a horse a horse a, horse, a horse, a horse, a jumped horse or a flat horse or whatever, kind of a horse that works. Everybody has to do something to survive.
1: Some people are saying mm. uh, on the text and whatever that the grooming, the washing, the stables—that that sort of approach is basically controlling the horse. That a horse just wants to be free to run and jump as it pleases, as opposed to being corralled, directed, and coerced. D- do you do you listen to that argument at all? Not at all. I
9: that horse would be free. I lived in the uh, area and you can move over to Hannah's Hannahstown Mountain, and there was. Maybe fifty. You see horses coming down on the Um Hammersdown Hill. Maybe you let horses just go around and do what they want. Horse, horse. There's people in cars and kids in cars, and that means a horse can jump all over a car, maybe cause car accidents. I mean, you have to control animals. i mean not, not they're not are not people at the end of the day. I they do have. I don't. I don't believe in cruelty in animals at all. But at the end of the day, animals need. To, if you have a, a herd of cows and they walk on the middle of the road out of the blue, and someone's driving
1: along, people causing that, since you have to control it. Okay, animal husbandry is what you're describing. You think it is vitally important. Uh, 0289033105 three one oh five. Thank you, Brendan. Sammy is also looking at the world of the equestrian environment and has comments to make. Good morning, Sammy. Good morning, Frank.
7: Frank, I left school to work in stables in England. And the horses are better looked after than the staff. You know what I mean? They have a great life, of horses. And I'll give you one fact here, Frank. See if you see a horse falling in the Grand National here on Saturday. Look what the horse will do. He'll carry on going there, jumping over the fences. Now, the horse didn't like doing that, he wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, a lot of them, however, in fairness, Sammy, I, 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 I do accept that when a horse throws the rider, the horse will continue... Racing and in some circumstances will jump the fences, but they usually run most, off the. They usually run off the course and run round, run round the fences. Nobody them because of
7: nobody steering them. But horses love that barrel, running, and jumping. Even, even in the stables at home when they're training them every day, you know you can see the excitement in the horse coming up to of the fastest.
1: Yeah, you believe the horses thoroughly enjoy it. An interesting point, that you've worked in the stables. This is important to listen to people like you as well, Sammy. You've worked in the stables, and uh, just to quote you, the horses are sometimes looked after better than the staff. Uh, Your opinions are always welcome on this. Got to say good morning to Paddy, who's on line three. Morning, Paddy. Morning, French. Just by the way, these will be our last couple of calls in relation to the horse racing. We could fill the rest of the programme on it, but we don't have the time to shoehorn all that in. But uh, Paddy, go ahead.
10: Frank, I was an apprentice jockey for twelve and a half years, and the life that I had with the racing and the horses was brilliant. I never had such a good time looking after them, feeding them, grooming them, everything, traveling with them, if they got nervous, I even sat beside them, calming them down before racing. It was a great life.
1: And you feel they're loved, the horses are loved and cherished?
10: Yeah, they are indeed, yes There was one particular horse that we used, I used to look after And he wasn't he wasn't eating the food upright Do you know what we've done? We give him a pint of Guinness in it
5: Every day <laughs> And he really enjoyed it He ate up everything
1: Well, there is pampering. There is pampering. I'm not sure if you'd be allowed to give a pint to a horse running in the Randox Grand National, or you might need to use the testing facilities of the laboratory to see what's in them. But, uh, uh, Paddy, that is pampering your horse. Uh, Thank you. And Frank, as a quick point, uh, Frank, go ahead, Frank. Yes, good morning, Frank. Frank, Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
10: Not too bad. Frank, I've been around horses all my life, and I hear people on their... Uh, condemning the horse racing and all the rest of it. Horses are bred to race and jump fences. The horses are treated like kings of kings, Frank. And some of the negative thoughts coming on there if a, if there is a fatality in a horse race, there's nobody more distraught. You want to go and see a stable boy or a stable guard when one of their horses is going home to fill an empty stable. They're absolutely heartbroken. And as I say, they're treated like kings from day one. I've done a lot of work with horses, voluntary for no money, and got out of bed at 6 o'clock in the morning and worked with the horses. And for no money or no gain, just for the love of horses. So I think some of the people on there talking, Frank, have never been around horses, you know?
1: But do you accept at all that the horse has been forced to do something that it doesn't want to do?
10: Not really, Frank. No. The horses are bred. That's their job. That's their livelihood. The, The race and jump fences and flat racing and national hunt. And as I say to you, uh, I, I don't think they're forced to do anything. There's horses are there that are standing on the side of the mountains, neglected, not getting looked after properly. That that would be a more concern for me than the horses that are treated like kings of kings, you know?
1: Okay, uh, Frank, uh, thank you. So positivity towards the end of our conversation. And, you know, he's an opinion on everything. I'm surprised he has an opinion on this. Maybe he too was a jockey at one time. Robert, good morning.
7: Uh, good morning, Frank. Frank, it's wonderful to be on the biggest show who remain the biggest show in the country. It's unbelievable the people leaving the Nolan show to come to remain on the biggest show in the
1: country, Frank. Would you tell me about your horses, for goodness sake. (laughs) Well, You know, I'm sure Stephen doesn't give a hoot whether or not you've ridden a horse, but I'm running out of time and I want to know about you and your horses. Why did you phone?
7: Well, Frank, well, why I phone, Frank, I'm going to give you a race in certainty. And I'm going to pledge you your money back. And I'm going to give you a tip of a horse. Frank, have £50 each way. Keep your money in your pocket. And if it's fate, Frank, I will certainly give you your money back.
1: Robert, were you um, on the wacky-backy this morning?
7: Frank... Frank, I'm like you, I'm alcohol-free and drug-free, Frank. Frank, you know, we got to lighten up the world that we're getting, uh, getting brainwashed by this Brexit, so we we got to play a bit of reverse psychology on it, seeing they're trying to brainwash the whole general public. So <laughs> let's not go down that
1: road, Frank. All right. <laughs> you know, there are mornings when he makes you know, little sense. And there are other mornings when it's actually enlightening to have an engagement. It's enlightening to have an engagement with him. And then there are days like today, you're not sure what he's even talking about.